up, we thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather, to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is happening in the kitchen, that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Did you watch any of the Golden Globes? No. My sorry. favorite character in any series won a Golden Globe. That's okay. Jason, what, Jason's, what a series. Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. Oh, did he? Yes. I didn't actually look at the winners. That's great because he did such a good job in that show. I actually didn't watch it either, but I just glanced at the winners and I was super excited yeah. for, maybe, for Mr. Maybe Sudeikis. Maybe you should uh, take a peek. I saw that Nomadland won, which we had actually just watched the night before. Yeah, no, I, I actually haven't seen I, that one. I enjoyed it. We were actually just talking about Ted Lasso the other night, wondering when the next season is is going to be coming out. I don't, I don't even know when they started production on it, but uh, obviously, like that's a challenge with COVID and stuff. Have they started production? I would, I would assume. I don't know. I'm I'm not even sure. Hmm. It's entirely possible that they haven't. I haven't even looked. So, but question: I'm trying to. I was trying to remember what what does he bake. I was just thinking that I thought they were shortbreads. Like they kind of look like shortbreads, but they also look like they had a cream inside. Yeah. I just, I can't remember. It's, you know, we, we watched it like as it was coming out. And for some reason, I can't remember exactly what he was making. I'm fairly certain was, they're shortbreads. Yeah, they could be. I guess I was wondering like what all it would take to make those. And, you know, if we had the right spices in our pantry for that, Phil. <laughs> we sometimes try to get there. And sometimes it just comes naturally, and I feel like this one was maybe somewhere in the middle. I feel I feel like oftentimes we try to make it awkward. We we, we try and uh, stretch it a little bit, and that's okay, Phil. So how to make how to make the shortbread cookie? Does it use cream of tartar? I don't even know. I don't even know what he's making. Apparently, it's good. Apparently, he's got some baking skills, but that's that's all that I can remember of that. He's he's got some baking skills because he's got a really organized pantry. They never show his pantry, actually, Phil. So you don't know that. Yeah, but he's such a clean cut guy. I mean, he's got a cut. He, he's got a cut over his somewhere, collars. and that's probably that's probably in his pantry. Probably. I know that if I'm going to aspire to be the caliber baker that Ted Lasso is, I would need an organized pantry, and so that's what I've done this week, Chris. I've pulled a Marie Kondo, and I've organized my pantry, and my world has changed. Yeah, I, I heard you mention that, and. I guess I've been a little curious as to exactly what you what you went about doing there, Phil. Was it was it was it just like a reorganization or was it like a spring cleaning of your pantry? Well, you know, it, it kind of all stems from, you know, the the phase that some women go through from time to time when they when they do a little bit of nesting. And so that's what we're doing in our household. <laughs> we're doing a little bit of nesting for no particular reason. Just because spring's spring's coming up, Phil. Yeah, so is that a yeah? Well, we like, like birds blooming we, there already. We, we, we yeah. like the bird feeder in our backyard. So, as a tribute to those beautiful birds, we thought we'd do some nesting in our own house as well. So, yeah, we cleaned out the pantry. Just out of curiosity, have anything to do with why you've been making a lot of mocktails lately? It doesn't have anything to do with Lent. I can tell you that. Okay. <laughs> We actually just did uh, Dad's Kitchen um, Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> we just did these lettuce wraps for dinner tonight. I think we've made them for you guys before. 
I love them. It's like one of our go-to recipes. This is totally a tangent, but I told Ashley, I was like, man, you know, it would really go well with these, these lettuce wraps is a Moscow mule. I just really like the flavor combo of the, man, shoot, is this the back-to-back episodes I've mentioned the Moscow mule? I didn't think I, re- I, I didn't realize I liked them that much, but I guess I do. And she's like, yeah, it must be nice. So, yeah, we haven't been drinking much lately. Well, first of all, congratulations on uh, getting ready for spring. Thank you. That means a lot to me. <laughs> and I'm actually super curious about your pantry because I feel like I've, I've seen it back when you used to record in it. Oh, I how forgot you, about How would that. you describe, how would you describe like your, your uh, pre-Spark Joy pantry? It's just super messy. I mean, like really, really messy. So we... I feel like our shelf, like the shelving inside the pantry, it's just not very tall. And I used to think that was a design flaw, but then I realized, actually, it's just because we're stacking stuff and we don't really need to be doing that. So that was like the first clue. We've come to, I don't know if like if we've inherited them or we just think we are out of something. So we go to the store and we get it and then we realize we already have it, but we just acquired more spices than we need to. And so then those spices end up getting stacked and it's just it's just a disaster. And messy pantries are the worst, the literal worst, especially when you're trying to cook and you're in a hurry. And I don't know, this blank stare on your face is kind of telling me that you guys have a perfect pantry. And really, that's what we wanted to model our pantry after was yours. And I learned some things, Chris. I learned that we've got some spices that we use a lot. I've learned that we use that we have some spices that we never use. And then I learned that we have some spices that I would maybe consider sleeper spices that maybe not everyone uses very often, but we use a lot. And so I'm excited to talk to you about those. Unique to your guys' style of cooking, which is interesting. It's interesting to actually think about having like a little bit of a personal uh, flair is not quite the right word, but actually um, the the guest that we interviewed a couple of weeks ago, whose episode has not aired yet. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like the way that he described their overall type of cooking. It's kind of like light and bright. And I feel like that's actually not too far from us. And it's interesting to think that like you can almost have like your own cooking fingerprint, like as a, as a family that feels fun and special. I'm starting to think that my fingerprint is dark and heavy. So here's, here's a question, you know, I guess we're just focusing on the spice portion of our pantries because obviously a pantry can encompass a lot more than that. Before your spring cleaning deep dive, how many, not different spices, but how many jars of spices do you think that you had? Containers, doesn't have to be jars. They can just be containers. I want to say probably like two dozen. Okay. And some of those were duplicates. We actually found, I think, three things of cream of tartar. And we actually (laughs) do use that one a good bit, but it's such a shorty little jar. Yeah. Yeah. It gets hidden. So that's just, I think, on brand for who I am. And I don't know, I think maybe instead of trying to explain it away, it's just, I don't know, I'm kind of an abstract thinker. So I do tend to buy things on the fly. So we, so we, had, a, we had some duplicates for sure, uh, but then we had some stuff that was admittedly expired. And then I learned that we have some spices that I don't, I don't know like why we ever ended up with it. Not necessarily because we wouldn't ever use that specific spice, but I think as I've, as I've learned like this whole cooking theory a little bit more, some things just aren't good as a dried spice, particularly some of the herbs. And so, yeah, there were, there was a lot, there were at least two dozen little jars in there. And now we have half that. That's actually being generous, probably like 10, 10 spices. What, what does yours look like? I would say the spice portion of our, really like our pantry and air quotes, is a couple a couple shelves of an upper cabinet 
And so like the spice portion of that is this one section of a shelf. <laughs> so not not a lot. Pretty slim and trim, I, I suppose. I think that's one thing that, that Molly is really good at is keeping things clutter free. Like a little bit of a hobby of hers is going through stuff and kind of weeding out the things that like you don't use much. And actually, I mean, like when it comes down to it, that's not necessarily a bad thing for, for spices just because they actually probably don't have quite the shelf life that a lot of people think they might, especially at least in terms of like optimal flavor and stuff. So yeah, 100%. Can you count on one hand the amount of spices you have? No, probably not. Maybe eight ish. It depends. I think I think everybody would probably land on, you know, a little bit of a different like set of staples than, than we might. But I would say that at least with the things that I have been a little bit more prone to make, obviously like I'm I'm reaching for salt and pepper more than absolutely anything. And then kind of next for me would probably be like red pepper flakes, actually, mm-hmm. going into various dishes. We, we almost always have red pepper flakes, obviously like salt and pepper. Onion and garlic powder are going to be fairly common. I mean, it might just be garlic powder right now, actually, that we have. But depending on if we're in the right mood for that type of dishes, we might have cumin. We do often have like a curry powder. Probably. So those are kind of more of the like standard like cooking side spices, baking spices. When and obviously like you can you use these in, in various things, but cinnamon and ginger powder are probably the the more common ones that that we use. I think we have some dried thyme, which is which is kind of one of those things that's a little interesting. The the difference between dried and fresh herbs. We we do try and keep a lot of fresh herbs on hand. When we can keep them alive, <laughs> which sometimes through the winter is a little more challenging than with with some of them specifically. So, and and that might be like an interesting way to keep some, you know, like especially if you're thinking about spices not having a super super long shelf life. Well, if, if you're like using fresh herbs, then that could hang around for a while, Phil. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's definitely some similarities there. I think going back to what you mentioned about salt and pepper, it's so remarkable like what that can do in and of itself. And like, okay, just the other day we made some ramen. We make that a lot. Love ramen. Definitely one of my favorites. And this particular recipe was a new one that I hadn't tried yet. It called for some chicken that you basically just salted and peppered. I think it was chicken thigh. Pretty pretty generous shake. I guess if you want to call it that, of, uh, of um, freshly ground pepper, which, which I did in my mortar and pestle, and then some kosher salt. Just like covered, covered both sides of that, and then I, I seared it in some butter, and then I threw it in the oven. Chris, it was probably the best chicken I've had this year. Like, it was so good. <laughs> yeah. And just salt and pepper, salt, pepper, and butter, and that's all you Seriously, need. And yeah. it was just, like, super good. Like, we don't we don't need to... I mean, there are some really good spices you can add to chicken, but... Absolutely. That was enough. Yeah. I think some of my... Like, honestly, just some of my favorite... Uh, I don't even know how to phrase it. Like, meat dishes, I guess, are really, really simple like that. I think just salt and pepper goes a really, really long way, at least for us. I, I, f- I feel like our uh, mystery guests, Light and Bright, really kind of exemplifies a lot of like what we do. So like salt and pepper, just like accented with some fresh herbs or a lemon and or lemon. And I don't know. I don't know if there's anything better than that. Yeah, I agree. Some of the other staples that I think we use that we have in our pantry, you mentioned cumin, but I'm going to also throw in 
chili powder. We we do a lot of south of the border style cooking and chili powder is like in everything. I just really like the flavor of it. I'm going to sound like an idiot here and that's okay. But there's like dark chili powder and then the ancho chili powder. And I don't know if I'm like seasoned enough. Do you like what I did there? To know necessarily what the difference is in a, in a dish. I mean, I think like we've got we've got some ancho chili powder and then some dark chili powder and I've used them both and I haven't really picked up much of a difference. So in our spring cleaning, in our nesting, I just stuck with the with the dark chili powder. So excited to have some listeners rake me over the coals over that one. So I think like in terms of staples, you can keep stuff keep stuff simple and you're gonna have some pretty good pretty good dishes there. So. Honestly, like, it's going to sound a little strange. It doesn't feel limiting to just think in terms of, like, salt, pepper, butter, more, like, protease type flavors, like lemon. Also, I read a lot of war novels, World War II novels, and I always just, like, feel super guilty having too many spices on hand, especially when, like, it takes place in France. They, they could teach me how to cook just from that, you know? So, yeah, we can keep it simple. Yeah. So I I know that like not everybody cooks the way that we do, like eats the same type of dishes that we do. That's totally, totally great, probably, because I know that we can get into a rut, use a little branching out. But just in terms of kind of like a little bit more of like some standard staples, what, what would you add to the lists that we've already started? So I know a lot of people like to like to have minced garlic in their pantry, like a dried minced garlic. And yeah, that one just drives me nuts. Like there's no flavor with it. Yeah. And, and that's something that I was just thinking about. I was thinking about the fact that like we, we bring in maybe more produce for flavor and that for us looks like, it looks like herbs. It looks like things like lemon, or I would say a, a couple of the biggest flavor enhancers or kind of flavor profiles that I, I like to bring in are you know, things in the onion family, garlic, like fresh, fresh garlic. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know it's stepping outside of like the the spices in your pantry, but I, I think in terms of just overall kitchen staples for us, onions, garlic, maybe like like spring onions or shallots. I, I really, I do love shallots, especially. Yeah, me too. And actually, even oftentimes like stuff like ginger, like all we almost always have things like that on hand that can bring some more kind of natural flavors instead of relying on dried spices all the time. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw rosemary into that list, like dried rosemary we had in our pantry. And I don't think we've used dried rosemary in at least a year, maybe two. If, if you just taste dried rosemary, you're not going to pick up much flavor. There's just not much there. Yeah. Like fresh rosemary is is where it's at, you know? That's one that we always have. For us, like rosemary lasts through the winter pretty well. And in, in terms of fresh, in terms of fresh herbs, I think we really kind of ideally, if we could have fresh basil, thyme, rosemary, and then maybe something like an oregano, though with those four that covers a lot of bases for us. But but rosemary and basil probably two of the more commonly used. Basil more so like in the summer for us, but rosemary and basil like always have that around fresh. How about if chives? You're it yourself, it's great. I I like chives. I don't know if we have them around quite as much as some other. Well, I know that like a like a dried chive is common in a pantry set. Oh, that's kind of weird. You don't need it. Yeah, just get just buy no. Buy some scallions and make those. Like it's, there's just not going to be any flavor in the in the dried stuff, in my opinion. So, and I don't know, maybe maybe because my stuff was too old, but yeah. Well, I mean that that very well could be it. Like honestly, I think I've heard that a lot of herbs and spices lose their flavor after two months. So 
I think in in the in the scheme of a lot of our pantries, that's pretty short. But I, I do think that there are some herbs that are okay to have around dried. Basil has like a different dried basil has like a, a slightly different, definitely different profile than fresh basil. And I guess even even something like an oregano has a, a very different flavor profile, dried than fresh. And you do you do see a lot of obviously like Italian dishes that have things like those two dried in them. So maybe if you're if you're a little bit more into Italian, like dried basil, dried oregano, dried thyme, those might be a little bit more common. I mean, that's basically what Italian seasoning is, right? We we should have an Italian chime in. Anyways, okay, another one that is like pretty popular on a on like a stereotypical pantry that I've noticed that we never use, Chris, and I'm a little embarrassed by this one is turmeric. I think I'm in a I'm an aspiring turmeric user. I'm an aspiring to turmerican. Okay, yeah, that's one that like can pop up in ours. I feel like Molly especially goes has gone through like turmeric phases. There are a couple like teas that you can make with it. Every now and then, you know, like if if there's something out of our normal rotation of dishes that calls for something, obviously like we'll pick up that extra spice for it. And then you, know, you have it around for a bit and you try and figure out how to use it. Oh, here's one. Ground cloves. What do we need that for? Why can't you just use whole cloves? We actually covered this in a in an episode one of the early ones, one, one of the archived episodes deep in the annals of dad's kitchen. But I like to suck on cloves. I think they're delicious. It's a weird little thing for me. Little social tick. That's a little weird. Phil, that is a little weird. I think I, my guess is there there are several dishes that benefit from a, a little bit more of a, a ground clove. But are are you suggesting maybe that instead of having both whole cloves and ground cloves, that you just go for the whole cloves and grind them yourself? I guess so. I just don't know if you would like. Okay, if you if you had a recipe that called for ground cloves, you'll probably only make it once that year. In which case, I think you can probably figure out a way to use the whole cloves because you should always have whole cloves in your pan- pantry, so you can suck on them. <laughs> Keep them in the center console like a breath mint. It's delicious, That's Chris. Try weird. it. No, dude, it's super normal. It's super normal. <laughs> it's the most normal thing I do. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Phil, uh, you did earlier mention this idea of of sleeper spices. So you didn't you didn't totally explain it, but I'm I'm kind of I guess maybe thinking that they are things that you think are underrated. Yeah, spices that not a lot of people may have in their 21st American kitchen, but we use all the time. Man, like I can't imagine a world where I didn't have. A certain set of spices. One of them I already mentioned, and it was the cream of tartar. Okay. So and, what all do you guys use that for? Uh, snickerdoodle cookies. I think you make a lot of those. <laughs> it's the best cookie, Chris. I, I don't dislike them. They're good. Thing better than a snickerdoodle cookie. You can't. It's the best. I love it. Oh, no, I'm sure actually, think of several things. I think Ashley actually makes a few. Ashley actually. Ashley actually makes a few dishes with some cream of tartar. I, I'm sorry. I can't think of what they are off the top of my head. The only thing that comes to mind is snickerdoodles because I love them that much. Dude, it's good, man. It's a good cookie. So let's see. What else do we have on my sleeper list? This one's going to sound a little funny, but a 50-50 combination, equal parts, lemon pepper and Lowry seasoning salt. I love mixing those two things together and sprinkling it on some vegetables that I've sauteed, particularly onions. And then what do I do with those sauteed onions, Chris? I put it on a hot dog and it's (laughs) really good. That doesn't sound too bad, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I actually put it on some zucchini the other day too, and it actually turned out pretty good. Yeah. So, do do you have a, a special name for that, Phil? Phil's special spice? No, I've never come up with a name for it. I bet Chris Lilly could come up with a name for it for us. I so it was, wait, it was, it was lemon pepper and Lowry's. Yeah, lemon salt. pepper and Lowry's just just equal parts. I've noticed that lemon okay. pepper clumps up in my kitchen, but. Only since moving here to the south where it's really nice and humid. Every, like every time I make it, I have to break it up with like a butter knife. And it's really annoying. But uh, yeah, those those two things together, man, it's like so good. I don't even know what Lowry's seasoning salt is. Like I legit don't know what goes in that, but I love it. Okay, Lowry's is salt, sugar, paprika, turmeric, onion, cornstarch, garlic. Oh no. Tricalcium phosphate to make it free-flowing. Sunflower oil and extractives of paprika and natural flavor. I might not have that anymore, or I might just make my own. You can do better, Phil. Probably don't need the tricalcium phosphate. Well, you have been having clumping problems. Only in the lemon pepper. Well, it's because your Lowry's has tricalcium phosphate. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so, and then I had one more, I actually had two more things on my list that I would consider sleeper spices. Yeah, garam masala, we just... We just really like Indian food, so that's using a lot of Indian dishes. A little bit sweet, a little sweeter than I thought it'd be when I first tried it. Just like a really good accoutrement to a nice Indian dish, so we like it. Nice. That that can definitely like make an appearance in ours if we're going through like a little bit of an Indian face. Which is how often? Oh, I don't know, like once a year or so. Oh, okay. Ish. I thought you were going to say once like ish. Thursdays. No, 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 maybe, maybe we should make Thursdays uh, break out of our routine or rut. I think that's a splendid idea. So maybe, no, maybe I I don't have to talk to Molly because she's going to listen to this and she'll probably bring it up. So yeah, I think, I think that sounds like an interesting idea. So what's your uh, third spice there, Phil? Um, Okay. So the very last thing on my list is nutmeg, which I know in and of itself isn't a sleeper because everybody uses nutmeg, or at least they should be. But I think it's the way that I use nutmeg. And that's whole. So whole nutmeg is like just so much better than ground nutmeg. Get like a lemon zester or I don't know if like a microplane would do the trick. I've not tried it. But yeah, dude, zest I, I would that say mother yes, and it works great. As long as as long as long you uh, keep your fingertips away from the microplane, it would work well. It's just like so much more flavor, you know, than, than the ground. You, you got to watch it. You know, if you're used to cooking with ground nutmeg and then... If you like to make pain Purdue, for example, with some challah bread, Chris. A.K.A. French toast. And you're used to making that French toast with, with ground nutmeg, and then you switch to whole nutmeg. Look out. It's going to explode in your mouth. Uh, so, Phil, you were telling me something about bay leaves that you learned. <laughs> you were supposed to cover bay leaves. But I feel like you're the master at bay leaves, so I, I wanted to hear it straight from the master. Bay leaves, I think it's okay to spend a little bit more money because you're going to get the flavor out of them. Like if you just buy the, you know, the knockoff bay leaf brand, there's not going to be any flavor in it. And I, I like to cook with bay leaves. I like to put it in my pasta sauce that I'm making from scratch, of course. Of course. Like a red sauce, I'm assuming. Yeah. We're going to hit that coming up. Right. We are, I suppose, the wrap up to our French mother sauces series. Right, right. That's 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 what we got coming up. Heck yeah. It's going to be awesome. Looking forward to wrapping that up. Mostly because I've I've got some fun ideas uh, for some future serieses. Series? Serieses. <laughs> Serii? Serii. We'll go with that. No, I, I was actually just going to say that if anybody has any suggestions uh, for something that they would like to have covered, 
I think we would be more than happy to hear what those are. How might they reach out to us, Chris? Why do you say it like that, Phil? <laughs> so as uh, Phil always so eloquently says, that you can find us on pretty much all of the social platforms that matter to anybody anyway. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all Dad's Kitchen Co. Or if you're feeling a little bit more personal, reach out over email, send a little love note to either of us or both of us or neither of us at hello at dadskitchenco.com. I saw this quote the other day that said, I think it was Simon Sinek, an email garners a response, but a phone call garners a conversation. So I don't know, you can that's also call good. us, Chris. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty so good. So what's your number, Phil? Nice try. Actually, we should we should set up a, like a Google voice number with 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 uh with like a voicemail that people could Yeah, what would that voicemail say? On. Well, I don't know. It's actually not a bad idea. There's actually a couple other podcasts that I listen to where people do that and it's kind of fun. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Maybe maybe we should think about that and also take suggestions as to what, what type of content we could be looking for there. I still really like the idea of having people call in and tell us what I what we got wrong, what I got wrong. <laughs> they they do a great job of that on, on Instagram already, so. <laughs> <laughs> I just got, you know, you got to stay humble. You got to stay humble. Well, I thought we covered some stuff that should be relatively entertaining. I mean, I, actually, I feel like we covered some really helpful stuff. I think there is uh, an ethos that we have begun to develop a little bit. And at least at least it's developing within me, Phil. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of this idea of... Like a John Maxwell book. Sure. Just like uh, being a little bit more mindful, taking stock of what you actually do use. And maybe not like overdoing it with the stuff that you don't. I don't know. I I think with a lot of things in the kitchen, there's this sense that you just have to have it all. And you don't really. And that's fine. It's deep, man. It's good stuff. I like it. 